This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. DMV Download, the new daily podcast from WTOP News, is out now. Hosts Megan Clorty and Luke Garrett get the story behind the story. Every weekday afternoon, Megan and I will go beyond the headlines with WTOP reporters and sources to bring you more on the biggest local stories impacting you, our fellow Washingtonians. The DMV Download podcast is available now on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe today so you don't miss an episode. The DMV Download podcast is presented by Steamfitters Local 602. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. The History Channel premieres the two-part documentary Theodore Roosevelt on Monday and Tuesday nights. I spoke about it with Pulitzer Prize-winning presidential historian and biographer Doris Kearns Goodwin, who executive produces the series with Leonardo DiCaprio. Doris Kearns Goodwin, hey, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP. I'm glad to do this. I'm glad to talk to you. Now we are talking about uh, it's a brand new uh, Theodore Roosevelt uh, documentary coming on the History Channel on Monday, May thirtieth, and Tuesday, May thirty first. A two night thing. Um, you obviously based on your um, bestseller, Leadership in Turbulent Times. But um, of all the presidents you've written about, uh, why is Teddy's? And Teddy is a unique, a unique cat, isn't he? <laughs> he sure is. <laughs> He's probably the most interesting. You know, he just had so many different lives. I think that's what makes him not a traditional politician who's just worked his way up the ladder. He starts out with his very privileged background, his grandfather, one of the five richest in New York City. And then he learns by being in the state legislature that there's other parts of life in New York City. He sees tenements for the first time. And then eventually he goes back to the Badlands, to the West, after his wife and his mother die on the same day in the same house, his wife of childbirth and his mother having come to take care of her. And then he becomes a cowboy and a rancher and understands the West. And then he comes back East again and becomes a civil service commissioner and then a police commissioner. And then he's in New York, you know, at midnight rambles with the police department and then becomes a rough rider. And he's in the war with um, a soldier's point of view, and then eventually becomes governor and vice president and president. So he brings many different lives, I think, and makes him the most interesting character that we've had there. It's not a traditional up-the-ladder politician. Oh, yeah. So so many different lives. So it's so well put. Well, talk about, you know, the the one of his greatest ideas, at least in my opinion, was the whole, uh, you know, national parks idea. I mean, it seems in, in it seems so like you take it for granted that we have all these great you know land, these places preserved. But he had the vision to do that. You know, how, how do you think his love of nature, almost that Hemingway swagger, if you will? But how do you think that that sort of, you know, factored into wanting to make this an official government policy, these national parks? I think from the time he was a child, because he had had asthma, he needed to exercise and develop his chest and his, you know, his upper body in order to deal with the asthma. So he always loved being outside, going into the woods, and um, eventually 
he made that love of, of nature when he went out to the Badlands himself part of what he wanted to preserve for the future because during his time, there were all these battles going on. Should the Grand Canyon be opened up for mining development? Should you cut down the sequoia trees to make porches <laughs> for people? And he was willing to battle with business at the time and argue that it was his generation's responsibility to preserve these nature wonders for the next generations and the generations to come. And he spoke about it with such emotion because it really did matter to him. And it created not just the hundreds of acres that he set apart, but it created a movement really for conservation among younger people, among people in states and localities, you know, that becomes the conservation movement that we see today. Yeah, the, the old bull moose. He carried the terminology, <laughs> even becoming a, you know, into his presidency. Uh, a lot of people might forget. I mean, it's it's true, right? That a lot of people forget that he 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 became president because of the McKinley assassination. I always forget that. Oh, it, it, it's absolutely. I mean, and when he was vice president, he was sort of pushed into the vice presidency because the 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 business side of the Republican Party thought he was too progressive as a governor. So they wanted to stop him from forward movement. So they so they'll bury him in the vice presidency. And he really did feel buried there. I mean, he was so bored that he was going to go back to law school. He had never finished law school. <laughs> but then McKinley was assassinated. And and Teddy had actually three and a half years of McKinley's term before running for his own term and then having another four years. So he really had almost a full two terms of the presidency. And boy, did he use that time to do a lot of things. <laughs> what was he, if we got, I know we only got like five minutes, but if we could, what, I want to break it down his first term versus second term. What was his biggest challenges or achievements, accomplishments in that first term that, you know, filling out McKinley's term? In, in the first term, he had to move somewhat cautiously because he was still dealing with the part of the Republican Party that was more conservative, and he had to bring them along to what he was doing. So he focused his efforts in the first term really on antitrust, which was popular on both, on both sides, even with the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. And he went after Standard Oil, and he went after Northern Securities, this big railroad merger, and the meatpacking plants, and was able to get a feeling on the part of the country that here's a guy who's protecting us against these big companies that are that are you know swallowing swallowing up small business and then when he wins the presidency in his own right then he can go forward to much more um, important lasting legislation and he goes for legislating the railroad companies for food and drug legislation for meatpacking legislation and and child labor and minimum wage, things that will make life better for ordinary workers and for ordinary people. And so it is a distinction. I haven't even thought about that for those two terms, but that's, you're absolutely right. Stay tuned for the rest of my chat with Doris Kearns Goodwin, but first a message from a fellow WTOP podcast. DMV Download, the new daily podcast from WTOP News is out now. Hosts Megan Clorty and Luke Garrett get the story behind the story. Every weekday afternoon, Megan and I will go beyond the headlines with WTOP reporters and sources to bring you more on the biggest local stories impacting you, our fellow Washingtonians. The DMV Download podcast is available now on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe today so you don't miss an episode. The DMV Download podcast is presented by Steamfitters Local 602. 
Welcome back to Beyond the Fame for the rest of my conversation with Doris Kearns Goodwin. Talk about it sort of in, in today's terms. If Teddy Roosevelt was today, what would be, you know, because I like to, you know, people, I like to put it in terms people understand nowadays, but like, what would that trust busting be today? You know, what companies would he be breaking up? What would be the passionate issues, even environmentally maybe? But like, what, yeah, how would Teddy sort of fit in into the world today? You know, in a funny way, I think the way he'd fit in most definitely was that he understood the press, he understood how to become a figure, he would be entertaining, he could tweet absolutely. I mean, he was the master of small little funny statements, you know, speak softly and carry a big stick, don't hit until you have to, and then hit hard. He even gave Maxwell House the slogan, good to the very last drop. So I can see him keeping himself at the center of attention in order to get things done. I mean, it was said he wanted to be the baby at the baptism, the bride at the wedding, and the corpse at the funeral. But in a certain sense, that entertainment value that we look for, for good or ill, in our leaders today, he could absolutely do that. He just had a sense of, of fun and a self-deprecating sense of humor, and he was such at ease with the press that I think he'd be right in the center of our attention and moving us in directions that hopefully might be good for the country as a whole. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you and the, you and the History Channel are, you know, are doing this two-part documentaries. I think it's like five hours. We get to learn about him. Um, talk about, you know, and I, the reason I think it's a good idea is because I feel like of, of all the, I mean, he's well-known, obviously, he's Teddy Roosevelt, but uh, of all four of the Mount Rushmore figures, you know, Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln, and you've written a lot about them, Lincoln especially, but, um, you know, I feel like he's the most uh, lesser-known, underrated, underappreciated of, of the four. Would you agree? You know, it's interesting. I mean, at the time, he was the most popular president the country had ever known. And he had such a, a large influence on the people at the time. And I think what happens is then he got eclipsed in some ways by Franklin Roosevelt coming in and, and following up a lot of the things that Teddy cared about and making them law. And then there was not a war. I mean, that's always the question. Yeah. Um, do you have a real place in history if there's not a war? And Teddy worried that maybe that was true, that there wouldn't be anything for him unless there was some big thing that he had to deal with at the time. But he saw the hidden dangers in the economy, and he worked preventively to help the country move in a more direct understanding of how to deal with labor and management and bring them together. And I think that's what he's remembered for. And, and it goes through cycles. I, I think there's no question that as conservation has become a much more important part of understanding in the environment, that Teddy as the, the forerunner, really the first person who understood the importance of that, he's, he's now regarded well in history. But he's always been one of the, the great presidents, when you rank them as an historians, one of the near great presidents, just really underneath Lincoln and those characters on Mount Rushmore. Oh yeah, and 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 not to mention just a tough, tough guy survived. Uh, gave a whole like almost ninety minute speech, bleeding from his chest after uh, being shot in an assassination attempt. I mean, come on, <laughs> not many people it's crazy, can do that. right? Just absolutely crazy. That's it. I can't even imagine that. But that's that says it all about what the kind of guy Teddy Roosevelt was. Well, hey, thanks so much for for joining us again, everyone. It's the History Channel's uh, two part Monday, May thirtieth, and Tuesday, May thirty first. It's uh, it's called Theodore Roosevelt. See it on the History Channel. Hey, Doris Kearns Goodwin, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be with you. Take all care. Right. Thanks. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.